This week on Countdown to Infinity, we go on an LSD trip as Sherlock becomes a magician trained by the White Witch from that first Narnia film, all whilst fighting Hannibal Lecter. It also happens to be one of the best origin stories in the MCU. This is Countdown to Infinity, and this is Doctor Strange. Welcome back to Countdown to Infinity. This week it's Doctor Strange. Oh my god, we get fucking mystical today! Oh, I fucking love this film. Okay, guys, <laughs> disclaimer. I'm letting you know now, when you're listening to this, this is my favourite MCU movie. I can hear the shock. I can hear the furore already. <laughs> but this is my favourite MCU movie. It's going to get deep. It's going to get yeah. dirty. And I'm completely fine with it's that. It's going to get fucking trippy. It's going to get, <laughs> you know, I, I felt like I was on LSD the entire time I was watching this film, and it was great. I mean, the reason why I love this movie so much is as... As a comic book fan, as you all are, as Eamon is, as I am, the one thing that we always dream of is having that Watchmen moment where you you can sit in front of a movie and you can turn the page and literally see every single scene that you've imagined since you were a child reimagined for you on screen. And that for me, is why this is my favorite movie. Because without a shadow of a doubt, it does that. It takes, yeah. the origin is straight, it's an amalgamation of uh, Doctor Strange 169, which is a retelling of Strange Tales 115, which is the progression on from Strange Tales 110. You can literally do that with this movie. Do you I know can... what I love is just hearing the excitement in your voice oh. just ramp up. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> it's, it's gonna get it's gonna get insane because we, this... we are gonna have to put a disclaimer right here. We're, we're, there's not gonna be much plot talk in this. It's no. literally gonna be deep dives because there's so many. Scott Derrickson really really went in on this because um, he rewrote part of the script. Yeah. Um, because there was a huge like scheduling conflict with Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Schnuffelschnuffel. Um, <laughs> He's got a different name every time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but he rewrote the script and he put his love for Doctor Strange on the fucking it's, table. And it's amazing. So this is the first movie I've seen since Watchmen that gave me those feels. That gave me the... Yeah. And this movie gets completely overlooked by a lot of uh, Marvel MCU fans because people think it's... Uh, an Iron Man ripoff, or people don't really understand. Oh, it's the same story. Don't get wrong. Told. There's there's definite comparisons, but I think but the comparisons so fresh. But the comparisons are deeper. The comparisons are on a comic characterization yeah. level. They're not on a movie copying another movie scale. They are legitimately based in um, Tony Stark and Stephen Strange are one in the, well they're not the one in the same because as we're going to get onto a minute Stephen Strange is a whole different kettle of fish when it comes to being a prick yeah he's a dickhead yeah he's an actual uh, you're not meant to like him at the beginning he's fucking awful um especially in the scene where uh, Rachel McAdams is trying mm. to help him uh, and he's broken in that apartment you know what I mean that's heartbreaking actually there we go there's a disclaimer let's go back <laughs> let's start at the beginning we open the movie in you know Carmatage essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a brutal moment where you know Caecilius beheads yeah. uh, the head of the library. It isn't a perfect movie. No, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense in places. But we're dealing with a mystical realm, so we've got to let that go. You just yeah. have to take it with a pinch of salt. Like, for example, why did they tear a page out of the book rather than taking the whole book? <laughs> like, for because example, plot device. <laughs> because otherwise, <laughs> Doctor Strange can't bring the page back. Yeah. Uh, no, but that's essentially what I. Uh, um, 
it, we open in the library, we see a beheading, we see Caecilius, we're mm-hmm. introduced to what will eventually become the mindless ones. Yep. Like it's, it's very much a setup, it's very much there. If you can hear that, then we've been joined by some music from our neighbour, so that's It's just Dormammu. Yeah, it's Dormammu in the background. Dormammu's soundtracking this. shit. (laughs) So, we have Caecilius, and Caecilius is a very obscure Doctor Strange character. Like, he's a very, very minor character completely. And what I think they tried to do here, what Scott Derrickson tried to do here, is give us a Mordo that was expendable. He was expendable, but he was also understandable. He wanted to show the progression of pupil to villain. Yeah. And we knew we were getting that in long form with with Mordo. So we had to have it straight away. We had to show how absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. And that's what Caecilius is. The choices of the weird rave makeup... Like we can't, we can't really comment on. But <laughs> it took him three hours to, to put that makeup on him every day. I know, it's and it's mad. so pointless. It's a bit of shit. You know, that's every do... girl at Coachella. <laughs> he literally looked like someone Kim going, Kardashian. "Yeah, Kim Kardashian at Coachella." <laughs> I, did, I did quite like the the symbol of Dormammu being etched into his forehead, though. Yeah. After the uh, ceremony, that was quite effective. Straight from the off, finding out like when you see the symbol of Dormammu on Caecilius's head. You're getting Dormammu. We are in a world where Dormammu, yeah. a mythical flaming-headed beast I, from I an alternate... No, neither did I, and we got it. Even even when they put the symbol on there, I was like, no, this is going to be a setup for the sequel. Then we're going to get Dormammu. We're not going to get Dormammu straight from the off. We'll talk about it later Ooh. as well, but Pened- uh, Benedict Cumberbatch actually plays Dormammu as well yeah, yeah, does, because Scott Derrickson wanted to show that Dormammu is so above the human race he doesn't have a physical form. No. He wanted... It was done on purpose, and that is what this movie is. Well, Every single Cumberbatch thing... Cumberbatch actually said that he wanted uh, Dormammu to be a horrific reflection yeah. of Doctor Strange. I think that's fucking amazing. Yeah. And I love the kind of ripple. Yeah. It's, it's, looks, it's a really interesting take on the flaming head. So after we've got what I like to think of as a better version of Inception with the ancient one and Tilda Swinton who is amazing and at this point let's discuss whitewashing because it was yeah. the topic of debate during this because it was a huge controversy basically they didn't want to cast a uh, Tibetan monk because or, it was fucking racist it was racist uh, there's the scandal with the um, the Tibetan government that happened a while ago so they didn't want to cast that but at the same time they didn't want to stereotype the you know Asian mentor teaching Kung Fu and Mystic Arts but then if they didn't, you're going to get comic fans complaining. Yeah, absolutely. And then they obviously made the decision to um, have the Ancient One as a Celtic. Which I thought was a great choice. And I, it's, I, I thought it was kind of cool. It doesn't. And Scott Derrickson has also said that this Ancient One is actually the next in line from the, uh, the Ancient One that we find in the comics. Yeah. Now, here's where I have to kind of jump in a little bit, yeah, with a bit of my... My my privilege, should we say? It's the only yeah, thing I can yeah, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. is when I started collecting Doctor Strange comics, and you've seen around my house, I I've have. got quite a few of them. It's great. I never saw, I never re- got to read firsthand the Strange Tales, Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I got on on Doctor Strange comic. Yeah. Okay. Same. So the ancient one to me didn't look Asian. He looks like a white man yeah. with a long Ming-esque beard. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what he looked like to me. So I never linked him to this Asian Tibetan figure. Yeah. So 
it was only later on and in further comics where the Ancient One was more um, Easternized that I was like, okay, cool. But it was a bit of a change for me. This comic was made in the 60s, yeah. okay? Wong is Doctor Strange's manservant. Yeah. Like, it's... They had they, to do something. They had to update it, and they had to make sure that we got the essence yeah. of everything that was in the comic without it. You know, no one kicked off, and this is what really annoyed me about when the whole conversation... Not one person kicked off about having a Black Mordo. That's a very good point. Yeah. And, and I, I know, obviously, that the conversation was about whitewashing, but yeah. when you've changed an Asian character to a white female... And you've changed a Doctor Strange biggest villain to a black character. I don't see the difference, and I think they're both great. So I don't yeah. understand the conversation that occurred from it. I I understand that you know um, there is a huge conversation about uh, the lack of representation for Asian characters and actors um, in mainstream Hollywood. And I get and that, and that is more than understandable. And Wong was the standout of this movie. Yeah, um, but I feel that you know. I think Scott Derrickson said it's the lesser of two evils um, because they either get you know called upon for stereotyping or they get called upon for whitewashing, and I think the stereotype would have been more damaging. Mm. Um, so I, I think it was the right choice. Um, maybe oh, I don't know. It's difficult to say. Well, really, but. in the in the Doctor Strange, because there have been a couple of different ropey incarnations of Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah, and some of them touched on those racial uh, pinpoints, and some of them didn't, but. In the script that was pitched to Marvel by Guillermo del Toro, mm -hmm. actually, it was very much more based on the 60s comic. And it was almost, from what I've read, it looks like it was going to be more centered around the Vashanti okay. and the, that realm and everything was as it is in the comics. Yeah. But I'm so happy with the way that we got it. And Tilda Swinton brought an intensity to the role that just made her believable as this ancient mystic figure. I think that it was quite interesting that she played it as an androgynous character as mm. well. Um, there was no direct, you know, him, her. It was the ancient one, them. Do you know what I mean? Did um, you not think that Hamir later on in the, in the, uh, you know that he mistakes yeah. for the ancient one yeah. was directly made to look like the ancient one from the comics yeah. to make everyone do that? Uh, personally, I quite like the fact that Hamir was an amputee, mm -hmm. um, and I know that it was the it was meant to be you know anybody can do magic, but I thought it was quite interesting they put a amputee, a disabled person, in a place of power over the main character. Oh, absolutely! I thought that was a really great choice from Marvel, and it's not uh, a huge plot point. It's just he happens to be an amputee. Do you think we're going to get Hamir come out as Wong's dad? That's the real question. Oh, interesting. Because that's yeah. the, the basis in the comics, and I don't know if that's going to play out. I'd be done for that. Let's get back to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, and I want to address the fact that everyone thinks that this is a poor man's Tony Stark. I don't think it is. Because um, it, right from the off, Benedict Cumberbatch plays it 100% out of... And this is the thing. like When I said at the beginning of the show, it is a combination of Strange Tales 115 and Doctor Strange 169, yeah. the flashback scenes, because they, they used... Uh, uh, the 169 Doctor Strange used from the original origins of Doctor Strange uh, to build this law. Yeah. Now, some of the words he says, like, and that's what I mean, some of the words he says are directly 
out of this, uh, out of those panels. And yeah. that's what, he is an arsehole. He is not like Tony Stark, who is arrogant, who is, loves like, himself. He's likeable, though, Tony Stark. Yeah. Even when he is an arsehole. He's charming. There, there is, is nothing no. charming about Doctor Strange whatsoever. He's a dick. Yeah, he's an arsehole. Uh, uh, through and through. And he's meant to be. In the comics, he turns down people who need him. They're going to die without him. He does the same in the movie. Yeah, he, he does it to Penguin, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, and I thought that was quite an interesting character turn. In, in 169, he basically is going to meet the richest woman in New York because she needs a minor surgery because he knows if he gets round there before his rival doctor, then he will get a contract with not only her, but basically all of her rich friends that want minor surgeries. Yeah. yeah? So he's yeah. like, it's a cash cow. Yeah. That's when he, uh, his car tumbles off the side of a, a road while it's raining yep. and he, and he is, uh, affected and his, and his nerves are damaged. That scene was the car crash scene in this is breathtaking. It's horrific. Like the bit where you see the dashboard crunch over his hands made me wince. Oh. And it because it's it's not um it's not gory. It's not you know gratuitous. It's just one of those things that really hits you. It's perfect. Um and obviously the bit when he you know comes around in the hospital and he sees all the you know the um, stents and the and that's something I don't trans. think the comics could ever Ooh. do as well. That looked so bleak. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But again, w- now we get to the point where he's trying to correct himself. He goes through so many surgeries. It's honest to God, it is panel for panel like the movie adaption mm. of one of the best stories, the best yeah. redemption stories ever. And that's what is beautiful about this moment is. Even when he becomes Doctor Strange the mysticist, yeah. he isn't nice. No, and he's still a bit of a he's dick. Still, like, <laughs> it, he is responsible. I, on, it, I hope that they play on this, but he is responsible for... You know how we end Thor Ragnarok? We get the whole scene where he's like, why have you brought Loki to Earth? Are you mental? Yeah. Like, uh, Which is, funnily enough, the mid-credits post-credits. Yeah. Right? Mid-credits but scene. it kind of links in with what he does in the comic, which is a massive arc in which he banishes Hulk yeah. to Planet Hulk, Planet Hulk, which is what we got in Ragnarok. Surely it, they're building up to Illuminati. Come on. They have to be. <laughs> like, And I honestly, I honestly believe with the great. way that he dealt with Loki mm. and... They could easily, like, you know, Bruce has no idea how he ended up uh, on Sakaar. It's going to come out that it was Doctor Strange. Like, Hulk has smashed up city after city after city. He is a threat to the Earth. He's the only threat that everyone is frightened of from villain to hero. Doctor Strange took him to Sakaar. Illuminati as well would be a great redemption, a great redemption for Black Bolt. I mean, it'd be Mm. a good way of, you know, doing actual service to that character that the TV series missed out on. But focusing on the film we did get. Yeah. (laughs) So then we get the trials and tribulations. He realizes it's not going to happen. In the comics, he gets, he overhears the conversations of these two uh, fishermen, uh, well, dock workers. Mm -hmm. And in this, it's uh, the guy who we can't work out why he was able to walk again. Yeah. Uh, So so we get the the trek to the Himalayas. This is where we get our first look at Mordo. Yeah, uh, I, I loved this um, because it was Mordo's costume, but done in such a practical way. It made sense. Yeah, the and robes. Nev- uh, it just looked awesome. In the post credit scene and in Ragnarok, yep. Doctor Strange looks silly. I don't like the gloves. No, the and gloves the gloves make me. it look silly. And it and it annoyed me. Not annoyed me because that's what he is, but I just yeah. it looked more mystical. Like, ha-ha! Um, but I do think that when... He, uh, Everything else in this movie, even Tilda Swinton's 
uh, I love, like yellow I robes. All the costumes in this are ridiculously on point. Yeah. Um, I love Doctor Strange's outfit slowly pieces together. It's not just, right, here's your suit, whack it on. You know, here's your cape, here's your collar. You know mm. what I mean? It's just, it slowly all comes together. Um, and I love the fact that it's not just like a blue shirt. It is like robes. Yeah. It's tied together. And it looks more like um, like a martial arts gi. Yes, it does. And definitely. so that makes sense. Just quickly, a little Easter egg that everyone has been contesting, that uh, when he's in the car and he's going through the different patients. Yes, so okay, so we get to the 35-year-old colonel that has uh, that was wearing a mechanized experimental suit and gets back injuries. So now, we th- the, the first idea was that it was going to be roadie. But it However, can't be because of the timeline. Be. Exactly. So... The theory well, is that it's from Iron Man. Yes, and this yeah. is what I want to get to. So basically, the reason why it can't be, like, if you're like, but why can't it be, guys? So <laughs> at the beginning of this movie, you see the Avengers Tower. Yep. Now, the Avengers Tower is fully fledged. It's lit up. It's not destroyed. So therefore, this movie has to take place before Ultron. If it's taking place before Ultron, that means that Rhodey hasn't been taken out until Civil War, which means that the beginning part of this movie now, this is a, a slight issue with Doctor Strange, is... We see years go mm. by because within a second, within seconds, yeah. but and it never to... really alludes to that. And that's a, a flaw with this movie. Mm. A flaw with this movie is that although it's well paced, very well yeah, paced, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little title just saying many years later would have made a massive mm. difference. Because she does say, uh, the ancient one does say to Strange that it takes years of practice. That's yeah. the only time we yeah. ever alluded to the fact that it's going to take a long time to do it. So going back to the timeline, this must be the uh, kernel that we see in Iron Man where um, Tony Stark is explaining how everyone is years behind him and he shows a video of one of Hammer Industries' suits going nuts. Now yeah, it spins literally in half. Yeah, you know I mean it, it looks pretty brutal. So that um, guy, that guy is either dead or he is being offered to. And Doctor then Strange. there is the second one where it's a which I think is an absolute red herring. I do not think it's Captain Marvel. I think no. everybody is obsessed with this idea of Captain Marvel. She's, it can't be. The timeline itself is wrong because mm-hmm. if it's you know if Captain Marvel's in the nineties. That's just self-explanatory. Uh, so this 22-year-old woman with um, an electronic device uh, used to monitor her, monitor her schizophrenia. Now, I did see a really interesting theory that it's typhoid Mary. It's not going to be. It's not going to be. No. But I was like, if you know, it's just a nice little nod. But um, it's not Captain Marvel. Complete red herring. So we get to maybe the biggest Doctor Strange Easter egg moment. Uh, like, so he's met the uh, um, he's met the ancient one. He's been taken through the multiverses. Oh, God, I loved this it's scene. It's so, so beautiful. But it's horrifying as well. But that's how it always was. Yeah. The, uh, the Ditko art. Like, uh, I, I just love that they've really just gone into the Ditko stuff. Yeah. You just look at Guardians. You look at Doctor Strange. You look at Thor Ragnarok. They are bringing it all back. It's like if it. you put Ditko, Kirby, Dance yeah. all yeah. into a, a blender and then was like, ha, ah, hypercolor everywhere. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, but the, there's a moment in the multiverse scene where we see all these hands just sort of like crawl all over Strange and that creeps me out every time I see it. I love it. It's so, so fucking weird. But again, it was perfectly done. To, on a certain level, it's believable. It didn't ever feel yeah. like, I felt like I was being taken on a trip through my own mind rather than seeing a fantastical yeah. events occur on screen. And that is the beauty of this. Like That's how it was directed mm. so well is I was like, this could happen. 
If I was even, on a certain amount of drugs, <laughs> that would happen. Even um, like the fights later on in the film, um, the scenes where they're running through New York, it's bending all over the place, mm. is beautiful. I love it. It's and it kaleidoscopic. got a lot of for being I Inception. Enjoyed I enjoyed that, though. I really liked it, especially when it all bends in on itself. That's fantastic. Do you know what's nuts, though? Like, Inception was the first movie to present this collapsing infinity world on ourselves, right? Yeah. But it's such a very small part of Inception. It is. And, yeah, it's a style choice, I and guess. Th- and that's the thing that confused... But Doctor Strange had it as a proper plot point. Almost a plot device. Yeah, 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 definitely. And that fight, where we do learn that the Ancient One is using, you know, Dormammu's power mm. as, you know... Uh, to, to channel her power in the mirror direction is phenomenal. Um, I love them running through the, the grates and, you know, it's, crashing up the skyscrapers. It's amazing. And then we get our man, Stan Lee, reading Aldous Huxley's The Doors of Perception. Now, <laughs> we don't have a lot of time today, but I need to get deep. Okay, so Aldous Huxley wrote this book about a particular drug that takes you on a trip, that expands your mind, yeah. so bends your realms of... of perception and stuff like that yeah what is great about this is there is an amazing doctor strange story involving a writer called engelhart Uh, do you know this one yeah so engelhart famously took a shit ton of lsd a shit ton of lsd and created this character (laughs) called (laughs) c-seng or it's basically genesis spelt backwards but who was able to manipulate time enough that he traveled back to the start of the world and became God. Mm. Like, not a God, became God, okay? What is amazing about that is this is actually a really deep reference to that because Stan Lee made him write a retraction and said, you you can't say that we have a character that is God. That doesn't, particularly when he's a villain, (laughs) we can't do that, yeah? yeah. You're just going to vilify a lot of people. So... Engelhart wrote a letter to the Doctor Strange because they used to print letters at the back of these yeah. comics, basically saying that he was a clergyman and praising the comic and its arc for you yeah. know for challenging this and and how it was a really good job. The retraction was never printed, yeah. So technically, as the retraction was never printed, in canon, <laughs> the god of the Marvel universe. <laughs> It's created from drugs. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> because I love it. Actually, that this leads on to like a, uh, like a little bit else. The Living Tribunal. I was going to bring this is, up. Actually, is second only to one man. Yeah, yeah. The God. The Universe. And we get the reference to the Living Tribunal during the training scene. But is that Seeing? Yeah, exactly. Is it? It's mad. And it's all like this mad... What is great about these Easter eggs is they go into one and they they, they basically... All the Easter eggs in this movie feel like the the sequence where he goes through the multiverse because it all blends into one. But let me ask you this. If the Living Tribunal exists in the MCU, Mm -hmm. then surely... If we're, if we're going by this in canon and all this, you know, God and whatnot, mm-hmm. then surely that means that in the multiverse, the MCU exists alongside the DCU. Yeah, because absolutely. Because the Living Tribunal uh, and the Spectre from DC, you know, um, brought the two worlds together and made them fight to see which one was more yeah, superior. Yeah, and Doc- didn't Doctor Morgan Strange, comics? like, become... It, it melded with Doctor Fate and Professor Xavier. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's d- mad. just madness. That is one of the most powerful beings ever created. <laughs> but, do you, uh, honestly, I'm when I say this, 
if the DCEU had succeeded, yeah, had succeeded, give it, give it ten years, Disney just drops that dollar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just bought it. No, but uh, but you the could you could have had Doctor Strange two or three yeah, after yeah. the Infinity War. Like, what are we going to do next? Oh God, could you imagine? Uh, let's just bring them together. Could you imagine? But the multiverse is such an infinite space yeah. and infinite time. And this is what we were talking about when we said about Ant Man. It joins together. You can make something so vast that it actually becomes so small. Like yeah, it's all yeah. part of the same connotation of coming in and out. Now. Yeah. When we've got past the trainer scene, and well, we've got the Everest scene, which is incredible. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, let's just you know quickly talk about the portals. The portals are amazing. They I look great, them. and they appear in uh, Agents of Shield very briefly. Mm-hmm. Ghost Rider fucking uses it. That I never thought I'd get to say that sentence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ghost Rider in live action uses sh- uh, portals that Doctor Strange uses it's- on Agents of Shield. What? This movie ties in to those television series a lot more than yeah, anything else. Yeah. Like um, the Hong Kong uh, Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, is yeah. it's Tina Minoru, man. What the fuck? Yeah, that directly links in. She is uh, she is in Runaways. Yeah, I mean, you see the staff of the one in Doctor Strange. I mean, that's crazy. They did obviously recast her for Runaways. But still, but still it's I mean, amazing. It's I, That's I, what I mean when Scott Derrickson was having yeah. a comic book wet dream. Well, this is the thing as well. Daniel Drum is in this film yeah okay so this is a different like we are just throwing this (laughs) out we're gonna have to so Daniel Drum is the head of the New York uh, uh, Sanctum Sanctorum yeah essentially for those of you who don't know Daniel Drum when Daniel Drum dies he is joined to his brother yeah Mm -hmm. and his brother Jericho yeah. And maybe uh, and who is a voodoo master? So you've got Daniel Drum who's dealing in the mystical arts, mm-hmm. and you've got Jericho Drum mm-hmm. who's a voodoo master. They become brother voodoo, oh, mate. I I honestly think that brother voodoo is coming. I do too. However, it gets back to what we were saying about Wong, and it gets back yeah. to what we were saying about the ancient one, brother uh, brother voodoo is a very problematic character. Yes. He was, v- it was so very black exploitation, yeah. very yeah. 70s blackula. It was yeah. very hard to enjoy that character in, in, the, in the sense of it was a stereotype. However, later on down the line, when we got into more, uh, you know, politically correct comic book territory, yeah. he was redeemed and it was great. But it's the death of Daniel Drum that's important. Because oh, it's yeah. the death and his spirit being melded to Jericho's, which is how we create this ultimate being. Yeah, and I later mean, on down the line, like we've discussed with Bucky, like we've oh. discussed with Falcon, Brother Voodoo becomes the Sorcerer Supreme yeah. when uh, Doctor Strange is deemed unworthy. I really wish that they'd showed us the astral plane during this scene. Because mm. I honestly believe that you would have seen Daniel Drum's spirit like float away Absolutely. or go somewhere. Do you mm. know what I mean? Um, which is a shame. However, you know, the astral plane scene... Uh, the fight that they have, uh, yeah, in is New York, amazing. I love when he peers out of the astral plane and is talking to. Um, <laughs> that is straight out of a comic arc called The Oath. Yes, okay, ah, it's it's right off of a uh, uh, off of an arc called The Oath. It's amazing. If you haven't, if you want to get into Doctor Strange, Read start with The Oath, yeah. and uh, that is straight out of there. He actually helps someone from the astral plane operate on himself yeah that's what i mean there isn't anything in this that you can consider to not be thought about and that's oh, yeah. why it's amazing i do love that um uh, going back to the whole you know him being a bit of a dick 
um, <laughs> throughout <laughs> throughout the entire film is his insistence on being called Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because there is a wonderful moment where Caecilius is like Mr. and he's like Doctor. He's like Mr. Doctor. Oh, it's strange. Maybe, but who am I to judge? Yeah. I was just like, this is great. It's playing a language. It's playing on Doctor Strange's weird-ass fucking name, let's be honest. Do you not think it's that... Amazing. Although Caecilius was a throwaway character, because really... I kind of liked him in a weird what way. What I would say is Dormammu was the main villain. Yeah. He was a henchman. He yeah. was the odd job of this movie. Yeah. However, we focus more on him than da- uh, Dormammu. Yeah. And really, what we needed to see was the fall of Mordor. Yeah. Which is what was m- the main focus. Every yeah. little, every little MacGuffin that came, every little um, moment where Doctor Strange fucked up, every little uh, scene where we see him abusing time and abusing power, is a little bit more of a thorn in the side of Mordo yeah. because he's a purist. He is. But this this brings me on to a point I have with you know Doctor Strange using the Eye of Agamotto, aka the Time Stone. Yeah, cannot wait. Well, I thought, that, just quickly there, that I thought that was such a clever use of the Eye of Agamotto. Yeah. They changed the powers of what it was able to do, but... but just, just throwing it in there. It works. Yeah, but um, if he can, you know, rewind things, we see him do it on the apple, we see him do it on the book, we see him save Mo- uh, Wong's life. Yeah. Why doesn't he fix his hands? Okay, now I have a theory on this. Okay. And I think it's because... In the time when he's working with the apple and things like that, mm-hmm. I think it's all about decay, because okay. it's all about time and it's all about decay. So we've seen this, and the best way to describe this is there's actually a really good romantic uh, movie called About Time, which I is love that it's an amazing so movie. Much. But in that, it explains that there's only so far you can go back mm-hmm. before, if you go back too far, everything changes. Yeah. So if you're Doctor Strange. I guess if he doesn't have his, uh, the accident, then he doesn't become Doctor Strange. Yeah, which technically means yeah. he can never go back and fix his own hands. That's, yeah, it, that's it, in a kind of weird... It, when you're thinking about time travel, you have to think about paradoxes. Yeah. If he'd have gone back in time, so he exists on one plane yeah, at yeah, point yeah. B. He's going back to point A, which means to change something, which uh, led to him getting to point B, which means he B. now goes to point C. Yeah. So therefore... Yeah he would have created a paradox and would have never been able to fix his hands. Plus, at this point, he's become such a master of the mystical arts, he doesn't need his hands anymore. He's found something bigger than surgery. I just feel that uh, him being the dickhead that he is, he would have been like, right, well, if I can do this, then I'll fix myself. Do you know what I mean? But before he can go any further with try, uh, before he is explained to why he can't fuck about with time and why he can't break the laws, he is put in the mirror realm and he is, yeah. and he's told, "Don't fuck around." And Mordo is very pissed off that he would even yeah. draw on those yeah. dark black magic. And then, then we do get the post-credit scene at the end where Mordo steals the magic back from Pangborn. Yeah, and the guy that he's using the magic to help himself walk again. Um, now, clearly, sequel baiting. Obviously, we're, we're of course going to get what I would really like, and I don't think we're going to get it. Yeah. I really don't think we're going to get it. But Mordo is a villain that we all love. And Mordo will be someone who yeah. we, we who has personal uh, weight to him. I can't help but think that Mordo would be involved in trying to defeat Thanos. Uh, yeah, I can get that. Because uh, it's something bigger than him. With the way that it's left, <clears throat> I yeah. get what he's doing. And he is going to take down Doctor Strange. Mm. Because Doctor Strange has broken the laws of yeah. mysticism yeah. again and again in front of him. 
I cannot help but think that Mordo put that to one side. Given the Mordo that we've got now, not yeah. the Mordo from the comics, no, Mordo no, no, from no. the comics would be like, fuck you, I'm helping <laughs> Thanos, yeah? Because no matter what Thanos See, does, Thanos I, will, I will disappear. You yeah. won't even find me. Yeah. But I can't help but think that the Mordo and the MCU would definitely help. I completely agree. Now, unfortunately, we don't actually have that much time today. Um, so we're going to skip ahead and do our ratings. If you do want to hear more, because we have probably another hour, let us know. We can do it as a separate redux. We can do it as a part two. Uh, we've only got maybe a 40-minute episode today, uh, but we do want to revisit this. There are so many Easter eggs. If you want to know every Easter egg that me and Eamon found in Doctor Strange... There are lots. Tweet us, and we will go through them. We'll spend an extra show on it because, again, I, I, I don't think we could get into the depth of why I love this m movie the most <laughs> out of all of them. Yeah. I think it's very clear that Dav's rating is going to be a 10. No, it's actually not. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Because as a movie, it is flawed. It does have big flaws. It's, it, does, it is flawed, but in terms of being a fan of the character, I think that the majority of flaws that mean that people would give this a seven or an eight mm. are based on the fact they've never read a Doctor Strange comment. I yeah, have to, yeah, I have to yeah, be honest yeah. with that. So I actually think that I, I would give this a nine point nine eight. Wow, okay. nine point nine eight. Because as a Doctor Strange fan, if you're watching this and you're not blown away by Dolmamo every time you watch this, if you're not blown away by seeing hundred and seventy-seven A Bleecker Street, <laughs> if you're not blown away by you know. The, everything that is involved in this movie, everything giving you more and more and more, and connecting the universes that yeah. we've uh, that we've discovered through nearly ten years of yeah. this adventure, then I, you don't understand this character, and so I, that's why it's the top of my list. I I'm gonna go with nine point five, um, just because there are flaws in the plot. Uh, we've said about the times thing; um, it, it just kind of annoys me that they skip over so many years of him training. Um, and it's, it's kind of disappointing. However, the rest of the film is so well done. Like you say, you know, it is pretty much pulled from various comic books, panel for panel. Yeah. And I love Doctor Strange's character arc. He's still a bit of a dick, but he's more of a likeable dick now. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, the costumes are phenomenal. Oh, on point. Dormammu is incredible. I do I think that it fact. would be amazing to, and you could do this with this movie, which is why it's rated so high by both of us. I could go through and pull out the panels oh, yeah. from different issues of different iterations of Doctor Strange and I could make this movie yeah, yeah. scene for scene, essentially, yeah. apart from different coloured skin. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all we have time for today. Um, if you want to hear more Doctor Strange stuff, let us know because we've got plenty more up our sleeves. Um, also, cheeky little plug, please give us a rate on iTunes um, if you are enjoying this. Leave us a nice little comment you can do. Um, you can tweet me at Eamon Jacobs. You can tweet me at Swearbox DJ and join us next time.